Good morning. Welcome to the Explicit Measures Podcast with Tommy, Seth, and Mike. Good morning, everyone. I, I just have an observation. Just uh, you know, when I when I when I start this, I'm usually the one because I'm the one controlling the show here. Like I'm starting yeah. things off. I'm usually the one smiling, look at the camera. I wonder how many of these Tommy's looking to the left or the right, just kind of like just looking around. Well, I'm the guy who's posting, so actually people know where to go. If they don't know where to go now, they're not interested in listening. <laughs> yeah. I mean, come on. Well. Like I keep hearing, you know, the, the, the funny thing is, is if somebody transitions from the, the listening podcast yeah. to like a Tuesday or Thursday morning, an actual video one, they'll, they'll, they'll be like, well, I thought they said there was a, a video. Like, where's, where's yeah. the link? And yeah, we're like, but... yeah, we don't, homie, don't play that. <laughs> we just, we just <laughs> pop in when, and you'll just like, you got to keep sitting on YouTube and refresh, refresh, refresh. Which is basically what I'm trying to Actually, do. Actually, no, link. that's not the case, right? Like if you're subscribed. If you're a subscriber, you get a you'll get a notification that, when we're live. The, yes. The, the, but if you're on your computer, it's all it's all messed up. Like we would schedule them, but that's when all of our issues happen. That's yeah, why I'm always looking to the true. left, this frantically typing. It's over here. Okay. So. We'll, 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 we'll we have some ideas in the future. We'll probably we'll potentially uh, smooth out this uh, video streaming live thing with some more notifications and scheduling of meetings. Get, yeah if you ever hear us do advertising it's not for our bank it's so we can actually get a better service <laughs> so we can schedule yeah. exactly down. right exactly reinvest everything and at <laughs> yeah. least on tuesdays you know my excuse is I'm, I'm just breathing exercises you know just to to make sure that the <sighs> happy tuesday is, is just right just right you know <laughs> just right <laughs> that was Maybe. better than most as that was better They're than most that's a 7.5 out of 10 are you david portney right? yeah exactly yeah i'm i'm uh not only do i um you rate rating, pizzas rating, i rate your yeah. two, happy morning tuesdays uh, amazing ah. awesome uh so any kind of uh kind of quick openers here any kind of announcements news things that came out that are interesting to to check out yeah i got some beef you got some beef uh, <laughs> we'll bring it beef too all right beef today. Hey, all maybe, right maybe that's Ooh. a good 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 intro too. bring the beef bring the beef what's your, what's your beef what's your beef or or oh, news, one or the other. I, I, we would never be short of <laughs> <laughs> topics there. Well, so we're doing a lot of projects with uh, Dataverse Dynamics. So trying to connect to that, put a lot of visualizations, put a lot of projects into reporting. Mm-hmm. And immediately we've run into a lot of different issues where either A, the entities or tables are very ambiguous to try to find. Three or two. There's like three or four different ways to connect to the dataverse. And see. And, me- oh. and see. Oh. <laughs> yeah, have I messed that up? One, two, no, no. and C? Uh, yeah. yeah. One, one, three, C. <laughs> one, B, and three. Yes. So, and then your our third problem here is it's very limited on the amount of data that you can pull back. Because it's either the num- number, this is basically like the number of megabytes that you can pull or the number of kilobytes. It's not even the number of rows. So I don't know if anyone else has run into this problem where either it loads incredibly long. There's a few posts on LinkedIn about actually putting in like a remove query folding or remove like any relationship columns, but that's still running into a lot of issues of every table that we pull back has like 290 columns. And Jeez, it's absolutely insane. Yeah. 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 Data, well, dynamics um, tables are very, or, or dataverse columns are, or columns are very wide tables. It makes sense. You know what? <laughs> You know, it strikes me as Dynamics is a perfect example of what would happen if you unleashed business users into the database. Ah, that's a good point. Because all it does is just tack on columns 
and, and, and tack on tables. tables. You can just mm-hmm. tack on anything you want anywhere. Yeah. yeah, that's a true and, statement. And it definitely makes it well. Salesforce does the same thing, right? Like that's it, true. It's like, oh, you want to do this? Yeah, we'll create a relationship. <laughs> yeah. No problem. No governance whatsoever. So, I, I've it's been a while, but there was a third party plugin that I use, Tommy, that gives you like the relationships behind the scenes, which was mm. like paramount when when I did it. Um, and the reason for that is, yes, uh, one of the largest challenges with connecting to Dynamic CRM are all of the linked entities, right? That that just carry in, that will kill your profile. You, yeah. you can't refresh anything. So from, from the get-go, right, in that, remove all of those columns. But yeah. the problem is you have to rebuild the relational database in in the Power BI report. <laughs> you do. Or or you yeah. reshape it by like rebuilding the connections, merging those tables, and then creating a data model out of that. Mm-hmm. Like well, it, it can be yeah. messy. So get this. So there's a there's a template on Microsoft about uh connecting to like marketing email performance. It's literally on the Microsoft website, a PBIT file. There's a few prerequisites that you're like, okay, fine. Oh, you need an Azure blob set up. You're like, okay, that sounds weird. Why do I have to do that? So you download this template, takes forever to load. Turns out there's 215 tables they load into this table. Oh my word. This is from Microsoft. And this is not from a third party. This is literally on the Microsoft website on how to get your email performance. 215 tables, which you're trying to like audit through this like so when do you think we could get a report i'm like i don't don't know know. yeah yeah i don't know what's coming from azure so yeah it's very interesting that you would consider and and i'll you know send me info about that template or the the plugin because there's all these like hack ways to get there but i don't know why it's so difficult I, I definitely yeah, feel like I get it. this is a very common pattern. I mean, I've I've worked with a number of ERP systems or things that software developers build, whether it's like, you know, large systems, medium, small systems, every single one of them, it's built for the developers of the software. Mm-hmm. doesn't really matter. Dyna- and Dynamics feels very much the same. It's built for what the UI needs on the application side. Plain and simple. But right. that means a lot of unique tables that may not be very wide or may have a lot of wide columns, but the application knows how to easily get through those. And the application typically is doing like a, I guess we would call it like a point lookup. I'm looking up a single row of data. Go to this table, find this row, resolve that data back to me. That, that's kind of what the application does. And there's just lots of people using it and making lots of different rows of data. In reporting, we don't care to see one only one row of data. In reporting, or, you know, particularly coming out of Salesforce and Dynamics, you you want to see trends on entire tables. So the entire paradigm of look at this one row, go to this table, find this one row of data is, is totally different. We're trying to, you know, compute across the whole thing. And this is where I think if you go into these situations thinking, I don't need a data warehouse, I can, I can make a data mark directly to the source system. I think you're in a position that you're going to be overdeveloping the data mart too much and you're going to be causing rework in the future i think i just yeah I, yeah I, I mean i haven't put in place the well maybe i did extract data from crm into a place where i can i can modify but this is like what i would recommend tommy is iterate a lot 
right? Use use your initial yep. Power BI file as a discovery tool to figure totally. out like what you what you need to pull in yes. and and how fast you can do that because yes. right. you don't want to rely on any of the inbuilt relationships that it it derives because it, it that's where everything yeah. bogs down. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I did find it and I pasted it yeah, in the our re- chat. If related you want to that out, we can. It's yeah. called XRM Toolbox. Oh yeah. So that thing plugs into your CRM environment, dumps you out in Excel. From what I remember, it, it was immensely helpful because it shows it allows you to understand how the system linked tables together and then you can remove all of those linked entities or see them actually Mm -hmm. as well in there and um it will make your life 10 times easier yeah because i think our our plan is going to probably take some of the main tables push them into sql rather than that direct connection to a database. Because there's three ways. You can connect to Dataverse from SQL. There's actually a SQL connection, OData, or that direct connection. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And they all do different things or pull in different column names, which is absolutely insane. But yeah, I've heard of the XRM toolbox. I'll 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 check that out. But I would agree with Mike. Like if there's there's a quick pull it into SQL, like do that first and then shape it. Otherwise, you're just going to be battling this constant. Yes. You know, I, I'm joining I, three tables together in Power BI to get, you know, the one value I need. And right? I definitely, and then it just becomes, it, it's not a model anymore. It's correct. just your relational database. In right. Power BI. I mean, of, of, of the tools, and again, I'm a business user, so I'm coming from the business world of things. So I love Power Query. It seems to meet a lot of my needs. A lot of the data transformation things that I want to get done are easily handled with M. So mm-hmm. I, a lot of times what I'll do is I'll connect to the data source because Power BI can connect to anything. It's easy to get in and connect to this stuff. So what I'll do is I'll connect to Power BI to, with Power BI to a data source, bring in tables, and then I'll start trying to figure out, okay, there's, and I, I explained to my customers, there's this concept of like, we have to bridge this gap between what does the data say, like what is in the data versus how do I answer questions about the data that makes relevant answers for my business, right? The business is asking, what's my top salesperson? What's the number of sales per, per customer? Uh, you know, there's, there's general questions they're asking. And you have to kind of walk that path from both sides. What questions do I want to ask? And what can the data support? Because not every question you ask is going to be able to be discoverable from the information that's in your data. Um, so I'll, it's, it, it's, a, it's a bit of a cat and mouse game a little bit. So I, I love going to desktop. I love just pulling data in. I'll rip tables apart. I'll make unique stuff. I'll do star schema stuff. I mean, I'll do all kinds of crazy manipulations inside Power Query, knowing the fact that this is all about discovery. And once I understand how the data shapes together, mm. Power Query documents every single step I did. Here's, here's what I need to do. I need these columns from this table. I need to merge that with this other information. You know, we know how to get there. Like, we know how it works. So, anyways, that's how very I... very disappointing. Microsoft's direct product doesn't work play well with this other direct product. Well, it's, mm. it, like it's two said, different teams, the, though. Like, I mean, they're I'm, at the same conference. Uh, <laughs> they're well, part of the same keynote. You mean you mean, yeah, you mean the, they took over the same conference? Where's that presentation? <laughs> what it <laughs> yeah. actually takes to connect to Sierra? Yeah, exactly right. It, they're it can be part painful, of the same but I, I will say, Tommy, like the minute you remove those linked relationships, yeah. should speed up things. Go go Run. rebuild them, and it it changes completely. I mean, cool. the in, in the past, I've the fast iteration was I actually kind of built the relational database in the model because I mean it's dynamics data. It's not yeah. like you're hitting volumes, or at least I didn't, right? Yeah. So, whatever. All True right. statement. Cool. Good opener. Yay. Good, Good Yay, intro. Dynamics CRM. 
the the only other opener I have uh, this morning would be, um, I believe, if you go edit reports, and again, I don't recommend that you edit reports in the Power BI service, but I think I saw a Twitter tweet this morning around the new visualization pane with the new buttons and the new layout of how that works, I think has now reached the PowerBay.com service. Now, it may have been there for a while. I don't know. Maybe someone just found it this morning, but um, I jumped into PowerBay.com and double-checked it myself. Yes, there's... There is the new the new visualization pane is now officially inside the service at this point. So um, if you're not familiar with that, I'm sure there's going to be some articles or there'll be at least there are existing articles on the Microsoft blog that talk about that. I'll see if I can snag one of those articles <clears throat> and bring it up here for everyone so they can see that one as well. So anyways, just an interesting note there. I don't I don't really like the new format pane. I mean, it's been a little bit. It's OK to me. I think I'm getting used to it. I've been trying to force myself to use it more and more. Um, it the thing things were named differently. The thing that, the thing that throws me off the most is stuff was named differently than what I originally looked for mm -hmm. stuff. So when I'm looking for things and the names physically changed, that threw me off. That was really oh. just one of the, my main gripe of like that tool, like the the update there is I just yeah. can't find things anymore. And I'm, I feel you can move something fine. You can move it, yeah, regroup it, okay, not a problem. But when you rename stuff, that's where I'm like, oh, man. But that's just me being an old stingy person because I was there. I was there when the tool was made. So, like, you know, kind of thing. Anyways, that's the only other I don't know. I'm, I'm still struggling with effects in, in background. It's like, is that an effect? I guess it's an effect. Oh, yeah. That's, so. See, that's another one. Exactly. Or even the page. Like, it's not called a page anymore. It's called a canvas. Yeah. So, like, I'm always yeah. like, I go to the canvas now to adjust the size of the canvas as opposed to the page i'm like it's still a page but it's great okay. for demos whatever like, just hold on one sec yeah. I'll, 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 yeah please hold let me let me let me figure out where i was what let I'm me figure for. out how power bi works yeah exactly i'm gonna be <laughs> i look i look incredibly sharp with that on there as well all right let's uh if you're if you, anybody else got any openers i think we're good let's go into our main topic for the day all right main topic for the day actually we're going to follow an article um Tommy brought the article to us. He found this one, and uh, I guess Tommy would be good to kick off the intro. Give us give us a little bit of details. What are we What are we reviewing today? And every so often, there's an article that, if you dive into it enough, I think can be skill changing. And for me, this was one of them. Uh, it's the uh, he I think he's an instructor. His name's Enrico Pertini, and he works in New York. And the title of the article is say it right, say it right, Tommy. In, I did Bertini. No, no, say it like Enrico, you say it, say it like you'd say it back in Italy. Bertini. Enrico Bertini. <laughs> this is this is not the uh, <laughs> glorious <laughs> bastard. <laughs> where, yeah, well, no, yeah. Like anyone? <laughs> awesome. There, there's a stereotype right there. There you go. So we love our Italians on this channel. We love our Italians. There's enough of them, but uh, there could be more. Anyways. <laughs> Thanks for pulling me off. I was on a roll. <laughs> Appreciate that. We're going to edit this out. The title of the article is asking the right data questions and asking the data questions right, which immediately sounds a little confusing, but really the, the core of this is we talk a heck of a bunch about asking questions and trying to get the insights and what are your insights? But this really breaks down that answer that you get and really us realizing, okay, you gave me an answer for what you want to do with this. But there's a whole other side of this that's a skill set we need on, can I break that down and then visualize this? So 
a good example of this is just an, it gives it in here is when you get the when you get one of the questions like well how did the situation change over time if someone's looking at their sales performance or we want to look at at risk partners okay that's great but our job is not so much just to get that type of question or just try to get that insight but we have to break that down or as they call it operationalize it where you there's parts of that to measure what does situation mean how long does over time mean and it really makes us start thinking about not just getting people to ask the right questions or getting our stakeholders to really begin to explain what they need, but how then do we need to break that down into what, the, what we call tasks? What tasks do we need to perform from that? So I'll, I'll lay, it, lay it out there because there's obviously a lot more to this conversation, but just that core, this is a phenomenal article. I definitely agree. Yeah. And this dovetails very well in what we were just discussing about like ERP yeah. going to like reporting it, it starts dovetailing this, and I, as I read the article, I'm hearing a lot of similarities between what I communicate around, you know, define the insight, drive for action. You know, you know it, it, I think this also, if I had to, reading between the lines of this article a little bit, this, this feels a bit to me like you could almost put the flavor on it. Does this report make me money? Or save me money. Like these are these are some questions I feel like I could ask of myself as I'm going through these report investigation processes. So really like this one. This this was a this was a fun read, Tommy, because I think this allows us to take a moment and and talk about refinement. Mm -hmm. Right? Like we've talked a lot about asking the right question, making sure you're engaging, understanding mm -hmm. the business, and I think this will be an interesting conversation because it allows us to just say, slow down a little bit. You guys, you guys talk about asking questions, you know, all the time, right. engaging with the business. What does that mean? Right. And really, what are we after? And yeah. I think he, he does a really good job of clarifying some of those key points, right? Because it, it's dialed into um, us as the report, you know, author, or I'm sorry, developer now. Developer. That, that, we find the right information, right? Because we, you can have conversations with people and say, Hey, you know, okay, what do you want? Uh, what do you, what do you, what sort of information do you need? And if you don't get the detail that you require to build something, you're going to leave the conversation, go back, look up a few things and then get stuck. Right. So I think, you know, some of the highlights within here that I, that I picked out and love and we'll, we'll walk through them. I'm sure are, you know, uh, you know, it, the, the flow of questions lead to the information you need to, yes. and then you start defining visuals. Um, I think another really good point he made makes right in the beginning is like define what the goal is. Yes. And, and I'll dive into like how I think that branches well outside this conversation later, but like define the goal, like what is it we're trying to accomplish? Mm -hmm. uh, and I think some of that dovetails into the previous conversation we've had, even with report type, what, what kind of report? Like he's talking specific visualizations, but I think it drives that conversation around what is the intent of the report? Like, what are we specifically going after? Because some Power BI reports, especially the ones that take a lot of time, are very focused. Right. Yes. And we allow the conversation to get a little too broad. Um, yes. But if we if we have the goal in mind, I think that that to me helps to provide clarity around how you start to frame the questions 
and then also what you define as a parking lot item, right? Like yes. you're always <clears throat> going to come up with more stuff in these conversations, but having that focus uh, is 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 paramount, I think. But even um, I'm going I'm to go in there thought a little bit more there because I really like that this this concept of describing the goal. I think if we're even if we're doing a good job reporting, right? I think we're doing a good job of explaining on various pages of the report. And right now I'm, I'm in a design mode where I'm more apt to have one or two visuals per page, but do a better job of adding like a text box, a description. Here's what this page is showing. Here's how you read this visual and do a bit more explanation. Like I'm answering this question. And I think to your point, Seth, sometimes we build reports and we just throw them out there assuming people know how to read the information and get to the answer or answer like we're designing this page with an intent to have a specific question in mind there, there like that is a a common i don't um visualization build that i'm doing uh, very frequently now and so coming in with this idea of like hey i need to know uh what sales are like and how far away are we from delivering any of this product right there's some key questions that i i put together and i put together i, I fabricate visuals together that help me answer that and then i write a description here's what you know i'm answering this question and being very specific about it because if someone comes to that page and says well this doesn't tell me xyz okay that's fine but that's a different question that what we're trying to ask right now this is how this page answers this particular question well it's really another level than that i mean I, there's a book tied to the article called making data visual mm -hmm. And it really, there's a really a gem of a chapter in here is basically about operationalizing a question. So yes. take your example, right? Where it's like, yeah, there's a goal. Since I've read this, there's been part of like almost like another facet of my mind that's opened up since I've had even stakeholder uh, meetings since I've read the article where it's not just getting someone's goal, right? Where they say, we want to, you know, our question is, how who are the top performing salespeople over the last six months? Well, just that question in itself, or any of the questions that we get, it's breaking it down and really making it a concrete question yeah. that we can link to a visual. Yeah, we can have a goal, but we have to define a lot of things. Where I, I call yesterday, someone's like, We need to be able to track goals getting pushed where people are doing these particular tasks. It's like, Okay, well, let's define the goal. I, we a lot of times we just take someone's insight that they want and we say, yeah, I'll just transform that into a visual. But we do need more clarity. And this is a huge part that I think I've been missing. That's like I said, I can't begin to explain how much this has been transforming, where even if you have two or 10 visuals on a page, if you're describing their question and breaking down the parts of their question that they need, you can really help. And so I think this goes back to the question that we've had almost that chicken or egg where how many visuals are appropriate on a page. It really doesn't matter how, like the, the quantity if you're not answering the question and breaking down those Agreed. points. I agree. And more importantly, if you have not broken down the keywords, the nouns, the verbs of that question, not just are you ambiguously answering their question, but when they say how many partners are at risk, well, What's a partner? Is it since they joined? Is it the last six months and at risk? Are there are they yes. already gone? Are yep. they 30 days? Once you have those nuggets. Little setting the language is, is a key yeah. point there. Yeah. Yeah. And and it allows us to where we don't have to be technical with the user, but it's like, okay, you want at risk? Well, let's define that. 
Yeah. That helps the from the from the visual point of view since I've been doing that as part of the workshops. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness. Like then you can't have five or seven visuals as long as you're helping explain those little parts of it, but you have to be able to break that down. Agreed. I totally agree with that. I would almost argue within here. Um not argue. I, I love the idea and I agree with it one hundred percent. Over the course of time, I think it's imperative that as you're going, as you dive deep into data, right? Like you're, it's it's layer upon layer upon layer sometimes of like how you get down to an answer. Yeah. Defining that definition does great things when you can build a report. And I think, you know, when somebody's viewing the report, right, understand mm-hmm. the context of the page. But I also think that it, it's extremely important to document that somewhere right. else like this is the report here's this page here's the goal of this page or here's the definitions for this page because you are constantly in any organization especially with a widely used report going to have those same conversations over and over and over again mm-hmm. or six months down the road you're going to have to try to remember that that <laughs> yeah. really detailed conversation so it's 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 really important to make sure you write that down because that's your goalpost, right? Like that's where, not, not the goalpost. It's like the, um, it's the base camp, right? Like everything in, in related to the, to that report can start and end with that, that, Hey, let's go check that out together. Right. What is that definition? I don't yeah. know. I forget. Like that's on this page though. Cause I wrote it down. This is really part of data culture too. Where I, I love that you said the documenting because one thing I'm finding out is some of the stakeholders don't even know the answer to those questions. Yes, true. They say, what are our top accounts? Like, we want to see our top five accounts. I literally we yeah. kind of brought that back. Okay, let's define that. They're like, well, uh, and then literally had two people arguing, like, is it top sales? Like, no, 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 no. It's people who bought the, this particular product over the last six months. And then you got an argument between two people in the business on what is defined as a top account, which is a perfect in the type of questions and things that we're trying to measure. If if this business can't answer that type of question, how are we going to visualize it? So a lot of the a lot of the barriers that I thought I had being able to visualize data had nothing to do with the the visuals that were available to me, but really was my lack of understanding what we're trying to measure. And if the business can't define it, how are we? So so Tommy, like like given that you 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 give us an article in ambush with, with your knowledge of a book. Now, now I'm going to really lean into you. All right. Where, where, where do, where do most people go wrong here? Right. Where, where are we, yeah. where are we not getting enough out of, out of people? And like, what is, what does he say we should be doing? I think the biggest part is where I've gone wrong all these years is I get someone's insight where we want top accounts. Like we can do that. And we're not, try- I'm not trying to break down their question on tying it back to a visual, or I thought that would be too technical to do where I was trying to get someone's action and I was only focused on getting uh, a stakeholder's action that we can do. Like what action are you going to take from the report? And it was very, that high level overview. And as, that's what I might like, I was fishing for. Then you actually go to your canvas and you kind of feel like you're at a blank slate, like, uh, okay, let's, let's get their action, but not trying to break down the different components of what they're trying to really do. And can you actually measure that? Again, numbers like top, at risk, over time, trending, all those things for yes. that particular report. I was just trying to look for those words to build action from. But if I couldn't measure that, that's where I've gone wrong all these years, honestly. So uh, 
I, I like where your question went with that one, Seth, because this is something that I, I mean, and and as I read the, more of the article here and just kind of mull over the ideas you guys are saying in addition to this, um, from the book Making Data Visual, there it, he calls out specifically a, a particular chapter called from from questions mm -hmm. to tasks, which I think is really relevant. And yeah. again, I haven't read the chapter, so I can't speak to it directly. But what I can say though is this sounds very oddly similar from insights to actions. That's what, how I define it. So that's a communication thing that I, you know, ask a question I can action off of. And then later on, I think I really liked how he took the article here and started saying, how do you teach people to ask questions that you can answer in a, like from data, from a data visualizations? Like Tommy, to your point there, right? Mm -hmm. You know, people will ask questions that are too generic. Hey, what's my performance over time? And I know I, I have heard that question enough or have heard that statement enough that I know I need to dig in. Mm -hmm. What does it mean by performance? Are we talking about sales? What's important to you? Volume? Like w define for me the things that we're measuring. And I actually, I mean, seriously, when people are asking these questions, I'm now thinking in a star schema model. I'm thinking about what are the cuts of the data? How do I cut the mm -hmm. data? So I, think, I start thinking about what are my dimensions? And I actually start asking them, well, what is important about that? performance over time do you need to see performance over time by category by sales region by person i'm what i'm asking there is i'm asking the dimensions that go around my fact table and then in my fact table i'm asking well what is performance like how do we define that is that sum of sales count of products sold like i'm automatically i'm already going like in my mind even though i'm not building a data model i'm already writing down what are the things i need to aggregate how do I calculate those? And what are the things I'm going to use to cut those aggregations by? And just using those kind of key principles, we can take these generic terms. You know, again, in, in the article, it talks about, you know, they're talking about the New, the New York City uh, collision right. data set, something like that, right? And they're talking about how did this situation change? What does that mean? There's, there's too much, there's too, the question is too obtuse to get down to an answer. And so you have to take that, what someone, when someone says this to you, you're taking that information and saying, hey, wait a minute, we need to decompose this a little bit and say, okay, situation, how do we define that? What does that mean? Does, how did the number of collisions change over time? Maybe that's how many deaths are, right. were, came out of these collisions. You know, what kind of collisions were involved? Was it a rear end? Like what, what are the types right. of collisions? When you start asking more questions around that, you can then pull out more pieces of information. And again, I still feel like I, I start thinking about what are the dimensions? What are the facts? What am I aggregating? And what am I cutting it by? So that's that's kind of the things I'm, I'm yeah. trying to go through. And you're dead on with the book. So I, I just want to give one part of the book because you're, it's like you read the book, Mike, or you're just that intelligent. No, I, I'm going to go. Honestly, yeah. I think if you do this stuff long enough, yeah. I think you start coming to this point where like right. this stuff isn't profitable unless we go like, or not like, you know, worthy or right. valuable. It's not valuable. And we're getting to the same answers. Like, right. If I can't, if I can't put a visual that's not actionable in front of somebody, what, what good is right. it? Like that's so, yeah. Mm -hmm. And the book talks literally about you break a question into tasks, like different tasks. And each task has four components, which is basically exactly what you said. The objects, what are the objects? Is it a salesperson? Is it a store? What are the measures? What are we counting, aggregating? Yep. What yep. are we grouping by, you know, or is it not just the stores, but is it a region and what are the actions? So you, you're, you're spot on. And one thing, the example in the article, which I kind of love is, he broke down this exercise, which I really want to do in, in some scenario or a lab where 
they took a visual and they said, what's the question from this? And all the students struggled to come up with the question. And I'm thinking about all my reports where that's probably the case too. Like what was the question trying to be asked? Yes. So I'm going to lean into your comments a little bit, Mike, right? Because the insight to action is, I think, what he calls construct to measure, right? In, oh, in yep. his article. Sure, sure. But, but at the same time, the reason I want to lean into this long is you, you in your description, mm -hmm. you, you play, you, you were taking your years of experience working yes. with business people yep. and bouncing back and forth yes. between the dialogue. Yes. And, and yes. But 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 I this is why I want to stay here for a minute. Yeah. Right? Because I think I a lot of people struggle and they don't understand why. Mm. Because the the you went through like several iterations to the point where you got to the point where you're like in the fact table, I'm thinking about yes. how do you aggregate? Yes. And the aggregations might be something that you talk with business about. Like, how do you, yeah. do you want to sum this together? Do you want this as an average? Like, those are Account, easy concepts but, for people to yes, understand. Correct. Right? But he even talks really well about the specific versus ambiguous, mm -hmm. right? In like, you're not asking the right questions and not getting enough information. But the alternative to that is, I think, the twofold thing that I want to lay into a little bit. One is, you can be too specific to the point where you, you lose the goal or you completely ruin the conversation with technical mm -hmm. jargon and you don't even realize you're doing it. If you start talking to a business user about like, okay, what I'm trying to do here is define the, oh, I don't ever so tell them. I don't ever what, tell them that this is what's going is, on in my head. This though. is what I'm, this <laughs> is what I'm like. I see this yes. time and time again, that's with true. People who are just coming into power BI true or have a few years, right? They know power BI. Well, they can build reports, but when you start to engage them in the business, because your thoughts and your patterns are always in a very technical space, but you don't think of it as technical because mm -hmm. it's just data. That's the you, business. You, user, yeah. you have a, like you always have to be cognizant of when you are having a business level conversation with anybody, just assume that the minute you drop DAX or, well, I can't do that <laughs> because it's complex and that measure is going to be like, you, you've, you're going to lose them quickly. Like you're going to, you're going to scare them into not, I think providing the level of information that you're you're going to find extremely valuable mm -hmm. and you just did a really good job of like how do you do this i'm thinking in the back of my head right all of the technical relationships of oh totally to build this out in dimensions yes. and facts i'm not explaining that to them because they'll lose i'll right. lose them so fast yeah but we'll be off in the weeds but it's that's that's what i'm yes. saying is yes i agree with there that. is <laughs> there is this um parallel universe you're you're living in mm -hmm. when you're having these conversations because you are you should be thinking in the technical space yes because it's going to those those conversations are going to present challenges that won't work with some of the models right and you have to figure out like okay right. well how do i navigate around that or figure out what they you know what we can produce because maybe there is an initial blocker yeah at the same time recognizing that you're having that part of the conversation because of technical challenges without bringing that to the forefront of the conversation. And I love where you're going with this too, because this is the other part where people go wrong, where it's, yeah, you may have that skill set, but you're asking these questions like, so what's the primary key here? And immediately you're throwing people off. Yep. There's a very deadly, delicate dance that you have to do where you're listening, you're processing, and then you're to the article, you're asking the questions right for the user. Correct. You know, you're not just getting the technical scope, but you're allowing them to feel comfortable 
and this is hard, Seth. I mean, this is very difficult is, to do. I, I but this is why we have jobs. But that's why. Right, 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 right. This is why I'm easy, huge, chill. huge proponent of learning how to take notes well. Yes. Oh, yes. Because these levels of conversation require you to go back and right. just replay and reorganize the thoughts and notes into the digestible tasks that you're going to go execute on. And I can't imagine trying to do this mentally. Right. Like, oh, I write it down. Have an oh, hour, sure. have, a, have an hour long meeting defining requirements or like what somebody needs and not write anything down. Oh, that would, yeah. hor- that'd be horrible. Yeah. Yeah. No. And I, I do this process where I actually, I walk through, like, there's like a three-step process that I do now that kind of like walks you through like how to get from that initial discussion. You know, I'll, I'll, this is, this is what I used to do when I work, work at um, uh, other consulting firms. We, when we were in person, we would take sticky notes and I would have everyone write down their ideas because I know this process happens, right? I'm in the, in the room with the business users. We would have post-it notes and I just ask everyone, write a question down, right? Just anything, anything, anything is a good idea. Write it down. Just get it on paper, get it on paper. We put on a post-it note and we put these post-it notes up on the wall. It could be anything about the business, the data. You may know the data. You may not know the data. Just ask questions about information that you think would be useful to you to do your daily job. What are the questions that you have to do or figure out daily to make you do a successful, whatever you're doing, right? Drive the business forward. Once you have all these questions, you then go, you step back and start saying, okay, how do we group these insights? How do we group these questions into key areas? Right. And then once you have these key areas identified, here, this is about sales. This is about HR. This is about you know manufacturing. Here's about supply chain, right? Okay, now that we've got generalized topics, let's hone into a couple of these things and then even further refine them. Okay, here's questions. Let's start talking about, if I ask this question, what would be my next action? And I think that if when you when you place the what is my action after having the answer to this question, it really helps people narrow down like, oh, I guess I really don't need a very large table with all the columns in it. No, you don't. Sure. Like that's not what we're looking for, right? right? You know, I keep explaining this and we've talked about this before, where your data model, you could think of it as one large Excel table. It's just one massive table. The relationships make it so you could pull everything together. At the end of the day, do you need to see every single record of that? No. What are you trying to roll up? What are you trying, like of that whole big Excel sheet, where is the important data? You need to filter out a lot of information, a lot of noise to focus in on what's important. And so I think that's, that's where things get really interesting for me. Right. Well, I, I think that what Seth is saying, there's a whole other level of when someone's talking, you have to process not only what the the technical side the data model and then also you have to process do i need a clarifying question from here or break this down yeah right while someone's talking but then you also have to remember to also talk (laughs) reply to what they're saying true like this and i think the more you guys are talking about this and the more it's processing in my own head that this skill that we're talking about which i think is a I don't want to call it a soft skill. I really want to put this part of my ability to be visualized data is not so much of my ability as a creative person or just from a, like, you know, a canvas point of view is my ability to really be able to do this, what we're talking about here. True. It's an almost, there's m- more ability on being able to ask that question, right? Process at the same time and then be able to lead up with another question all at the same time allows me to be better at visualizing data not so much my ability to put the bar chart in the right 
X and Y coordinate. You're speaking to like a deeper level skill set here, right? It's a well, well, it maybe maybe I can go read the book about how to build the visual, right? I can go, right. I can read the technical pieces on how to make a visual happen in Power BI, but to have the skill set to be to empathize with the with the report person asking the questions, you need to have empathy for them, sit in their shoes, interpret what they're saying to you because what they're giving you again. This is we said this a number of times. Not everyone knows. Um, what they want until they see it, right? <laughs> you give them this report and you're like, uh, that, that doesn't really help me. Like that doesn't, that doesn't. So a lot of the times I feel like if you don't do this journey properly, if you don't walk them through this, this scenario of here's the things that we think are important. Here's how we're going to address that. Here's the insights. Here's the action I expect to take off of seeing this data point. Here's what I may do. And so it, it helps frame more of the, um, the more of the question. Well, would you would you guys make the argument or be pro that adopting this into your stakeholder, this, okay, let's define what you try to say and saying that in a very, let's say, high level or friendly way where you're the translator, that can really help avoid those problems? I think in general, yeah, right? Like if you're, yeah. I, I think what, what this is kind of pushing forward is, you know, you're a couple things. One is preparation for the conversation. Mm-hmm. Right, familiarize yeah. yourself with the with an area because it, it the second part of that is taking a, a learning tone, right? Yeah. If, if you're engaging with somebody and and taking on a okay, uh, we're going to solve these problems for you, right? Like today, I I need to understand your business. I need to understand this this need. I'm going to be asking a lot of questions, define like pushing for definitions of things, you know, etc. Right? Because then that opens the door. And takes down that barrier of I think where a lot of like people who are asking the questions don't ask enough because they either don't know which questions to ask or which paths to pursue, or they're they I, I think innately everybody has a tendency to feel like they should just know something, right? And yeah. and they don't. So like taking on a learning a learning stance of like hey I'm I'm here to learn all about this right I, I'm not as familiar. Right, and then drive for those definitions so you understand them before getting into the the deeper stuff. I, you know, in terms of like helping or or um, getting getting what I need out of the questions, right? I I find that even if I don't understand or can't specify the question the right way, because it certainly seems like Enrico spends a lot of time thinking about the question, mm. right. Mm. And defining that. And that's what we're talking to. I think a short, a shortcut there potentially is, well, maybe it's not preparation for the conversation is probably spending a lot of time in ensuring that those questions are accurate and provide us the level of information we need. Right. If you still don't though, and you'll know because either you're not getting the responses you're looking for, or it's dead air. <laughs> right like you ask something they're like um i <laughs> yeah. found i found it very effective to ask people to walk me through their process yes to walk me through the show steps, me That's show me how's going on you know take, yeah. take a before and after of you know needing the information whatever the case may be but it takes it takes it out of the realm of q a right i'm asking the questions you have to answer them to how a did you get to there to a description of action right right you're doing something on a daily basis, right? If you already have a predefined process, walk me through the process. What do you do in Excel? Like, and then 
it dude that's a treasure trove yes you know like they're not manual 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 automate automate do, do all these things etc but even if they don't have a predefined process it's well walk me through like what you what you need this report to provide this yeah. information and there's value in that for you right but what what are you doing beforehand and what are you doing after if i provide this information to you and then people start talking about their day-to-day right mm-hmm. oh well and it's very easy for them to put themselves into you know their experiential zone their as opposed to zone, yeah. i'm having a conversation and i need to be able to like tell him everything right. i need so that while you're thinking technical in this conversation they're thinking this conversation and their business mm-hmm. or right what they're going to do with it right and we're trying to like bridge that gap completely so that all parties well I'll but at least start with the, this conversation and you understand their realm i don't think they're going to really get yours but well that's, no, that's I mean, the yeah. goal is you want to you know and that's where we talk about empathy i think right you want to get into their yes, space i agree and that's also a great part too where if you get a lag in that scoping where they can't enter it you just ask how did you how do you get to top accounts now and they're like, oh, well, this person provides it to me. Like, okay, we'll take that offline so you can continue that conversation. Yeah. Parking lot. Parking lot. Right. right. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. I, I want to quickly backtrack. Mike, you were talking about something earlier that I think is very important to this, where we're obviously this ability to dive into the questions and break it down. But briefly, how do we also know, too, where I think the other pitfall is, how do we know when it's too much? Because honestly, this exercise you can infinitely do with any question. Like show me uh, what are top accounts over time. You can break that down constantly into different tasks and the different operations and different proxies. Hmm. How do we also know with the user that this is it, this is the end of the road where you're not going to say like, Oh, based on, you know, what region where that's too much. Agreed. So I, I think, I think this is one of these areas where, you could slow things down immensely and just beat up these questions and make sure you yeah. have like almost like a waterfall approach, right? You have every single thing detailed out. You've got everything exhausted. You've gone through all the information and you have this very clear answer for what you're going to deliver. I think that takes a bit too long. I think people, I think the business in general wants to move quicker than that. And so you're, I, when I do these kind of exercises, I find it's, it's more valuable to put something in front of, in front of someone's eyes and clearly say, Here's, here's a handful of questions. We're going to just address three or four or five of them initially, and that's enough. Mm-hmm. Let's just start there. Get the, get the report done, get something that they can react to, get it in their hands, and let them use the report. I don't like how this works. I'm missing information over here. Right? I think there's a... I, think there's a, I don't like to think of it as a one-and-done scenario. I like to think of it as build a report, get some value out of it, give it to them, because... Again, this is one of these situations where I feel like I've, I have the conversation often. You don't know what you don't know, right? And, and with them using the report, yeah, it might answer a couple initial questions, but there's always another layer of questions. And I think this also evolves. Once you've answered the basic initial questions, there's always another uh, a layer of that onion you unpeel, and you're like, well, I have another whole... Because of what you told me, I now have another whole list of other questions that are now right. deeper than what I was talking about before. And you didn't even know to ask those questions. Like, well, why is this sales guy performing so much better than everyone else? How do we understand and break down his data? At the beginning, we were just trying to figure out if the whole company sales were up or down. Now we're actually honing in on specific things or, you know, something you observe in the data is questionable or, you know, like, I don't really know if that's right. Does that make sense? 
And then, right. and then you're asking a whole other layer of questions to answer other insightful pieces. And so I think it's more the iterative process. Build the report, hand it over, get some usage, get some feedback, see what we need to change or ha add or enhance, and then just kind of keep going back and forth. And then hopefully over time, you, you figure out what you need. At some point, and this is, I know, it's totally side note, I really think there's two kind of key requests. There is show me an answer, an action, based on data. Just let me show up, let me look at it. That's, I click on stuff, boom, it's there. The other is I need access to data. And I'm finding a lot more people recently just needing access to the data. I just can't see it. And so I find a lot of requests and reports are around build me this table, get me these columns, let me add my stuff that I need to, just so I can get access to the data. Mm -hmm. And so one of the things I'm doing more frequently and how I'm changing my behavior a little bit is, what are we really doing here? Are you requesting access or are you requesting insights? Based on that information really defines, oh, we're going down the paginating report route or no, oh, we're going to go build a, a data model. So I, yeah, uh, Kevin asks, how often is that, are they asking for export, 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 right? I mean, I think to me, that's an indicator right away that you don't really... I shouldn't be spending tons of time building fancy visuals and backgrounds and all kinds of other things. Instead, I should be just figuring out, okay, what is the information that you need and how do I get you access to that easily? I think I, a couple key points, right? I agree with you 100%, but I think that iteration goes, it, it, is defined in two different ways, right? You're defining like iterate, iterate, iterate for like provide a report to the business user to see if they like it, drive towards the next level of, um, what they want to see mm -hmm. but that you're doing that as well and i think it's important where even in the comments section of the article yep. somebody you know in a pretty aggressive way it was like well that's not how this should work like you should iterate <laughs> and he agreed right like it if you approach this these initial conversations it should be under the guise of iteration because what's going to happen is you're going to take the information you glean and you're going to analyze it and put it through this lens yes. towards the goal that you've set forward, hmm. and you're gonna have more questions. Yes. Right? But you can bring those questions to that first iteration, right? Where you're, you know, this is what we produce based on the first conversation. Here's the visuals, here's the report. I also have these questions, right? As, you know, fill in the gaps, iterate. Fill in the gaps, iterate. But to your point, Tommy, what is too much I think that's where one of the key tenants before we started this conversation comes in. Mm -hmm. You have to define a goal. Yeah. Because if you don't have a goal, then yes, you can boil the ocean with a single report, right? And it'll be 20, 20 tabs long or 20 canvas pages or whatever. <laughs> the one we want and then to it becomes unusable. One frustrated stakeholder. And it's not yeah. Right. Absolutely. Because you never will have solved the problem because right. you never defined the problem in the first place. Yeah. And I think that's part of the skill. It's that's not so just good. being able to yes. do it, but also knowing where that limit is or, okay, we, we have sufficiently gotten the information we need. Do you, my last kind of question on this is, do you think this is a skill that's either unknown or is not really around in the power BI space? Not because we've always talked about the inside side, but to me, this article, like I said, was very novel and not necessarily a lot of um, conversations I've had around this again, maybe I've been under a rock. It could also be my own intelligence level, not very high, but do you find this, this skill that we're talking about? I don't know what we would actually define this skill as something that's not as prevalent in the power BI space, at least with developers that we talk to. I, I think 
this skill is not very prevalent in any data space, frankly. This is this mm -hmm. is this is a blazing gap in in a lot of analytics. So th the reason I say this is because I, I again this is one of the things I went to. I went to this thing called Delta Bronze Associates. So Delta Bronze or Delta Associates is a uh, a company that focuses on uh, marketing. Basically, it's a marketing. They they work on doing ex advanced Excel analytics skills around finding your market share on whatever products they are. I have an article on Power BI Tips that talks about my experience with working with their training program. I thought it was amazing. I would say it pretty much fundamentally changed my career because I was focusing primarily on engineering at the time. I went through this class and I thought data is where it's at. This place is, this is amazing. So going through their their bronze and now they call it, I think they call it their black belt or something like that. It's their, their class has changed slightly, but um, I highly recommend checking it out because it goes through these detailed things. It starts talking about like thing concepts of like position and direction, right? Our sales has a position. We've sold X amount of sales right now, but without giving it context of, yeah, you sold $1.2 million of product. Okay. Was that good? Are we trending up? Are we trending down? Where do I focus my effort? And so it gave me a lot of like, you know, practical examples around, and it was a good foundation. Like it wasn't talking about tabular models. It wasn't talking about Power BI. This was all before then. But I, I still today, the, to this day, I still use a lot of those concepts from that class to help me frame out my thinking around um, what, of all the information we have, how do I identify which is the most impactful? You know, look at all the categories across your company and figure out year over year, month over month, whatever the time comparison is, what's the percent change? And so what I'm trying to identify is what is the largest amount of sales in my company and has had the largest amount of percent change, right? I may have, you know, a, a, like a Pareto chart of all my categories in my company. And if the largest business, business units are losing the most amount of money, that's where I should focus my time. Like a lot of times in business, we focus on percent changes that are large, but we lose the context of how big is the impact of my business. Anyways, Amazing a lot, gap. A, an, a, what I formed a lot of my opinions around has been really highly informed by that class. I thought those guys were absolutely incredible. Uh, the guy who runs it, um, he's a PhD, studies this stuff, really has done tons of training, super enthusiastic, loved it. Uh, and I would highly recommend it to anyone. I'll, I'll see if I can get the article. Cause actually I talked through my experience through it and how that class changed my career, the direction of where I was going. So, Seth, so blazing gap. There's That's a amazing. lot of things that have changed your career. <laughs> That's this is true. One. Well, I mean, well, this, this is that's one. A, that's a pretty big word, though, to say blazing gap. I think I think it's large. I mean, they say after their based on, based on what they're studying is, it, anyone who goes through this class, you're you are at a ninety five or ninety percent level. Like, if you think it's like, take all the people who are doing analytical things after going to their class, they're like you're probably about at the top ninety ninety five percent of the top analytical leaders after going to this class because many people data analysts, business analysts, whatever you want to call them, can't identify if you just give them a table of data and say, tell me what's the most impactful piece of this. Where should I focus my time and effort, right? We can't do everything all the time. So um, the, the, the fact that you have a, a class that can help you really formulate your mind around those things, just it just tells me like it's, the, the industry in general needs more education around this kind of stuff. There's just not enough people talking about it at this point. No. 
Seth, do you see a? Bla- I, I I do agree, but Seth, do you also see a blazing gap? I I think I think we pause. <laughs> I think we I think this shines a light on on what we we are bringing right, which is the mm. this is a soft skill, right? Most of the kind of, like the content out there is technical in nature. It's very technical, right? And this this is one of the key components to making sure that we're doing our job right is communication. A component of that is what Mike's talking about, which is impact, right? Like yes. in this, this course in particular, experience does that when you're working in the business and understanding the impacts of the business, you're always driving for click, mm-hmm. like, great, you want to see this visual, but why, right? And I think a lot of the but why and actions part, if led by somebody who's driving for what is what is this supposed to do for you? And if right. that's what that class does for you, it's fantastic, right? Absolutely. Yep. I think many people in organizations don't or are not aware of how their choices impact the business. And if you're thinking in that direction, you'll 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 land in good spaces. But a hundred percent, like Mike came out of that class, and I remember a long time ago, everything, position and direction, like All what time. were we doing? Like you know, but it it does it. It helps you get into the right framework of. Um, what are the things you're driving at the definition right. and, and defining? So I would say communication, 100%. Like this is absolutely an essential skill because as you go through this with engaging to try to understand what you're supposed to build, right? It's clarity and purpose of goal. It's we're, we're shining a light on that communication. But I also think that along with defining questions and answers, there's there's the soft skill of communicating with people because you have to work around personalities here as well mm-hmm. right it's you're not going to get the same type of conversation every single time some people hate the q a kind of thing some people you know you know so how do you how do you go and get get somebody to talk about their business or like there's a lot of different refinement that takes a lot of practice and i think the more time you spend on it, and this is a good conversation because it's like, hey, maybe you're being really sloppy with your questions. Why don't you like take a moment, think about how you're approaching the business or these interactions. If you're not getting what you need from an informational standpoint, huh? maybe your questions are too ambiguous. Maybe they're too specific. Maybe they're not engaging. Maybe you're not engaging, right? And, and when right. we, I think, give more thought to our particular situations and our business. This is a fun conversation because already, right? I have a ton of things that I'm going to take back. And it's like, oh, okay. Yeah, I could totally do this and this and this next time. And I think that's the the value behind it. I think I I am going to be in the side of the argument that this is not a soft skill as much as it is. This is, this goes into your power BI matrix of data visualization. Like if, if I were to say the skills what matrix, skill yeah. is this? Yeah, and the skills matrix where yeah. this is not another category. Because yeah, I, I would agree. You, yeah, because you can't separate this and your ability to visualize data. If you can't if you're not able to extract the right question, yeah. If any of us, any yep. you had a hundred people who had the perfect question, we could all put a bar chart in the right place, right? Correct. That's not difficult to do in Power BI. I don't need the skill of an SSRS. It's a drag and drop. But to me to get from question to that bar chart is a huge and that's that's not separate from the data visualization skill i agree well, I think they're closely yeah. intertwined i think they're very much i, I wouldn't even say they're intertwined they're they're one and the same 
especially dealing with Power BI. That's going to be my side of the argument, though. Yeah. I liked, I liked how he framed the question here. I think um, one of the areas I think that was very relevant and I think rings true for me is time with the data helps you inform the better questions. Because you can ask questions all day long of what you want to accomplish. Oh, sure. But like unless, unless the data can actually support those questions, towards the end of the article, he started said, and particularly in the comments of the, of the article, he talks about, um, yeah, if you, if you ask the right question, you, you'll ask questions at the beginning that you don't really know if they can right. be answered or not until you start really getting into the information and the data. And there's, well, that does, these columns don't have enough data in them. I can't ask questions about that stuff. That's not helpful. So really there's, again, this is why I feel like it's like a, a tug of war a little bit between asking the questions and then working with the data and asking more questions and then kind of going back and forth a bit. So I definitely feel like that for me, that's what came out of the article. More for me was keep doing that, keep driving for action. Um, and then, you know, keep playing that game of pushing on the data to get the answers out. Well, I think we've actually hit a pretty good uh, moment here. We've uh, burned through another full hour here. Our only ask uh, for watching the podcast is um, if you like this conversation, if you found value from it, please share it on social media or someone at co uh, a coworker. Just let them know, hey, I was listening to this podcast. It was interesting. Uh, I got a couple laughs out of it and, uh, or, and, our, and or I learned something from it as well. So we appreciate your, your, your listenership. Um, we thank you very much for your participation. For those of you who are on the, the YouTube uh, chat, uh, chatting away, thank you very much. We appreciate your comments and uh, your participation in the podcast. Uh, Tommy, where else can you find the podcast? You can find the podcast anywhere they're available on YouTube or Apple and Spotify, uh, Overcast, Google Podcasts. Also, if what really helps us out we don't get any money from this, but we love for more people to listen just so we can have a better production here for you guys. Spread the word, yes, share it on your social media's platforms or with people, you know, or email or however you communicate with people nowadays. We really appreciate that. Uh, if you want to listen live YouTube on seven at seven thirty AM Tuesdays and Thursdays, make sure to subscribe, join us, watch for the videos, join the conversation. And if you have ideas and something you'd like to have us talk about, go to Power BI Tips slash podcast. And there's a form that you can fill out there that will submit uh, and it will get uh, information directly to us about your topic or things that you're thinking about around Power BI as well. Thank you all very much. And we'll see you on Thursday.